daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Big women, big girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in her. Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Welcome to the Invest in Her podcast series where we always are featuring fabulous female founders and funders. And today we have on two distinguished guests, we have artist Molly Larkey, who is the founder of the People's Pottery Project. And we have a my co-founder of the She Angels Foundation, Kat Curry-Williams. Welcome ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Have you both on today. Now, of course, the reason we're having both of you on today is very exciting because Molly's People's Pottery Project is the first grant that the She Angels Foundation has given. And we are super excited about that. Yay. So, yeah. And Kat, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, why we selected uh, People's Pottery Project and and then then we want to find out about, you know, how Molly's journey took her to this place? Well, People's Pottery Project is exactly up the alley of She Angels Foundation's mission to support women founded nonprofits who are helping women and in this case, women that not, don't identify as women, trans, non-binary, which we love because it really opened our eyes to, we need to see that that's the bigger word and the bigger picture. And we're, we're interested in learning new things every day in that. And um, Molly uh, had this brilliant um, idea to start this project and she'll get to talk about that, but she teaches women formerly incarcerated women, which will go into that further, to and get those up on identifying feet. as women. And those, uh, the, the, the thing that I was saying. <laughs> and so to, to do exactly what we want, we wanted to give, help her with resources, mentoring and funding to help her move her mission forward. And, and these women will thrive through her knowledge and, uh, and through the, the gift of our grant. So Molly, I, I think you should chime in and go from there. We, we definitely wanna hear about, um, you know, I know I, re I read a little bit about your background about how you wanted to be a writer, but then you ended up being a visual artist. And I'd like to know how you founded that journey. Uh, I understand you studied in uh, New York, but ended up here in LA. And, you know, how did you come to realize that instead of a writer, you wanted to be a visual artist? And then how did that take you to finding this People's Pottery Project, which helps formerly incarcerated women and those identifying as women to get back on their feet by learning the trade of a pottery making and that you also employ them, which is just phenomenal. So let's let's talk about how this came to be. Thanks for having me and thanks for the wonderful grant. We're so excited. We're very new as well and it's very helpful um, and encouraging. And um, you know, today, these days I kind of wear all three hats. Um, our identity is as an artist, a writer, and um, I use the word organizer, activist, um, any of those things. Um, and they're all related to me. And 
you know, just to speak briefly to what you said about starting off as a writer, I was a very bookish kid um, and I read a lot and um, it felt very natural for me to want to be a writer from there. And actually when I was living abroad in college, um, I was living in Spain and I found myself uh, living with artists actually. And I hadn't really thought that I could be an artist because I didn't know how to draw or I thought I didn't know how to draw. And I met these visual artists in Spain, uh, speaking a different language, and I had this like real revelation of, that has it persists to this day of uh, art being um, a way of understanding that the world kind of speaks, not kind of speaks, it does speak. It was almost, I think now I could probably say there's, it's something that maybe comes also through spiritual practices. For whatever reason, it came to me through art where I felt like I um, wanted to engage with the material of the physical world and not entirely with just words. And, um, and it really changed my life. You know, it really changed my life. Um, and I dedicated myself to being an artist. And, um, you know, I also loved making art because it, it, the way that I saw it, it was kind of, it was sculpture, but it really encompassed anything. So anything I wanted to learn or anything that was interesting to me, it was like a license to, sometimes I used to think it was a license to be a dilettante, you know, like I'd just be curious about something and then I'd learn about it, you know, but it really was a way of understanding like how the, the, the physical and visual world speaks and through, but mostly like I was doing sculpture or, and still, you know, I do sculpture. And so it's really through, the phys physicality and making things, making objects. Um, fast forward, I was in New York for a long time. Um, I'm from LA, I moved back um, about a decade ago. And um, about six years ago or five years ago, I can't remember exactly, um, I was invited to uh, organize, well, I was invited to donate a work to um, an, an art auction. And I had been wanting to be more involved in what I call, um, abolition community, anti-carceral work. You know, I, I've, my whole life I've had this awareness of, of prisons as just like this, just like the, like the most terrible thing that I could imagine in a certain sense because um, of the ways that power, people hold power over you, people who aren't and very nice, you know, like people, people, um, you know, forcing their will on on you and not being able to do anything about it, you know, and um, and also your freedom curtailed. And honestly, I was afraid of of even dealing with that. I would sometimes like when I was meditating, I would kind of find myself thinking about people in prison. So um, I I was invited to donate a work, and I said, well, I I kind of want to get involved in this. And they said, well, help us organize this art auction. And I was like great you know that's my that's my um that's my that's a pot i could do that like you know like i'm i'm i have i was i'm very invested in the art community i write about art i've shown art in my home and um so i did that and then i did that again i organized another art auction the first one was for for californians united for responsible budget an amazing organization that um is a coalition that that um we're, we're actually, and this plays into what I'm doing now, um, is the first time that I heard the slogan, care not cages, which um, is one of the slogans of uh, Californians United for Responsible Budget. What that organization does is um, 
engages in the state, um, the California state politics to uh, prevent new prisons from being filled, w built, because once they're built, then you need to fill them with people. It's a business, a for-profit business, and um, instead invest um, in communities, in um, education and job training and healthcare and mental healthcare and all of the things that um, help people not be in a position where they're going to be incarcerated. Um, so um, I'll just say briefly that after I did that, um, worked on that art auction, we did another art auction for another group I'm involved with, which is called California, uh, called California Coalition for Women Prisoners. Um, and um, so I think that um, from there, you know, my, one of the reasons why that was so powerful and empowering for me is that it was using the resources that I had as an artist and um, as, as someone who's connected to a very broad art community in New York, in Los Angeles, um, and, um, and using those resources to, um, to bring greater attention to the issue of incarceration, which um, is continuing to come out and grow, like uh, the way that, um, that information about what's going on with people inside prison and jails is um, very deliberately hidden from public eye. Um, prisons are in remote locations so that you can't like, you know, just see what's happening. And, and, and it's very hard even to get, even if you're, you know, the mother or daughter of someone who's incarcerated, it's very, very hard to get information about what's actually happening, even with your own loved ones. And so I also saw that um, my community of artists could be maybe helpful in using like the cultural capital that we have access to to kind of um, bring greater attention to what is happening and what people's stories are and you know and 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 break down the um, real falsehood around who's incarcerated and why and 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 you know I'm involved um, the organizations that I just mentioned are involved with um, changing a lot of the laws that have put a lot of women in prison, like felony murder rule, which um, uh, is a, there's a lot of different laws, but basically if any person has any knowledge or involvement in something that ends up leading to a felony, then that person goes to prison for the, for the whole crime, even if they knew nothing about it or didn't participate in the felony or in the murder rather. So, um, so there's a lot of people who are in prison, you know, who who really shouldn't be there on that level. And then there's other people, like one of the women who organizes with us, who was in for um, life without the possibility of parole. I'm, our groups are involved in a campaign to overturn that as a sentence. Um, it's a living death sentence, and it, it's death by incarceration. And she was um, a battered woman, and um, you know. Um, What's the name of her organization? So, so she's involved in a lot of different organizations, but this campaign is called Drop LWAP. LWAP stands for Life Without the Possibility of Parole, and it's a co there's a coalition of organizations that are really working to bring greater attention to that as a sentence. Because if you have LWAP, you can't even there's no way you even have the possibility of going before the parole board. So you could be in prison for I mean Susan was in prison for over 30 years, you know, and 
luckily, happily, through a lot of this, these organizations' work that I've been talking about, um, there have been great campaigns um, to get people's sentences commuted. So Governor Brown, when he was in office, before he left office, commuted a bunch of people's sentences, and that's how she was released. And now and she's part of People's Pottery Project. That's what I was just going to say. And she's Absolutely. one of the women that are benefiting from your pottery project, right. which teaches these women the craft of pottery, uh, you sell it on the website, peoplespotteryproject.com, and it helps uh, helps them to thrive and, and you also employ them. So it, it, it's an incredible program and it couldn't be more timely. Like finally, people do seem to be talking about the injustices of what's going on in prison. I mean, like, let me just say, even like the guy that was on America's Got Talent recently who was incarcerated for I think it was 37 years and he didn't even do the crime. He was totally innocent. Archie, everybody knows Archie now. And uh, I'm so glad that you're doing this and that there's more uh, things bringing it to the surface for everyday people to um, you know, be more educated about really how unjust it is to certain populations, especially. Um, and uh, you know, just, uh, what what we can do, what we can do about it. And one of them is supporting programs like the one you guys just mentioned. And, and of course, your People's Pottery Project, which is why we wanted to get behind that. We think the work you're doing is amazing uh, to help these women get back on their feet. Um, over and above um, doing uh, a check, we like to also do resources and whatnot. So uh, we're so excited uh, to share that um, Kat's sister uh, is going to be donating another kiln to the project, right, Kat? Yes, yes, that is true, and and various cocktails. Yeah, that was really fantastic because, so I'll talk a little bit more about, I wanted to give the background because it is really important, you know, because like everything that I think really, and the same with your organization, it, you know, there's no way I, uh, it, it, I'm not, I didn't come up with this alone. I, you know, it's been a real learning process as I've, you know, gotten to participate in these, these organizations. And I think like, you know, one of the things that I learned when I started looking for ways to be more involved in this, in this um, movement really, this abolition movement to, of Care Not Cages um, was that there were already a lot of existing organizations that had done the work and they were founded for the most part by people of color, women of color, you know, um, who had, are, as Catherine kind of alluded to, the most impacted by, by policing and incarceration. And so um, I really feel like I um, got to be quiet for a long time and listen and learn about, um, you know, what what was really needed, you know, for people who are incarcerated, um, and and then through that work, I was organizing alongside in, in California Coalition for Women Prisoners. It's a coalition of women inside and outside, and formerly incarcerated. So I started to you know learn from them and organize with them and take my cues from them and. It really just came together where I had some space. I had, I as part of my sculpture practice, I do some ceramics, not a lot. Um, I'm not a ceramicist or an expert in ceramics. So, but I had the space and I had the kiln and it's ceramics is such a, I mean, it's, you know, one of the oldest art forms. Um, it's earth, you know, it's based in the earth and forming the earth and fire and air and water. It's the four elements. And um, it sounds like they're making it in the background today. <laughs> no, that's I'm in my studio. So sorry about that. But you get the local flavor. Um, 
right, local flavor. <laughs> and so we, you know, we started gathering and, um, you know, um, Alex Miller, who's a ceramicist and a friend, volunteered to teach the classes. So we just started by having classes once a week. And I quickly realized, you know, um, that the people who first started coming through my network of, of organizers were struggling with homelessness um, and were really like, there was no real, it was, you know, it evolved. There was no real way to like for people to be able to prioritize this without there being you know a, a chance to put money in their pockets and so i immediately just said you know if you come to class then you will get paid you know just very basic you know 15 dollars an hour just to come and make ceramics with us and um so that's been the model that's been going on for about a year and um and it was you know and then the idea of developing a product Hannah Grossman who was working uh, with me at the time came up with that and um, I've always loved these um, you know slab bowls anyway I won't go into all the details but um, we've slowly developed this product that we sell on our website you know and it's all been um, just kind of people volunteering their time to get this going but now you know I made a commitment to um, the our current women who are um, working full time now for People's Pottery Project to um, to provide a job for them. And and just just happily, we're about to start have opening up for classes again so we can bring more people involved. So there's there's a variety of ways that people who are informally incarcerated can, can be involved. And we really see this model as being able to grow, you know, and, and, you know, even when it was the very first day, you know, and we didn't have money and we didn't have a product and we didn't have a business, you know, just the fact that we could get together and, you know, make something together, people who came, you know, were just really, really happy to, to be able to do that. And, um, but, the, but the financial part's so important because people have so much trouble getting jobs, you know? And what we saw as uh, she angels uh, to, especially in the area of why we wanted to fund you so much, because as you talk about allowing, not allowing, but inviting these um, participants to learn, you also invited them to teach. And then they get to grow fuller who they are. They realize that they are important, they are needed. It really goes to, the foundation of, you know, if you teach it, you learn, learn and teach at the same time. And what we want to do as a community of women of all non-binary and trans, we want to be able to have this uh, share, share what we know. And you did it perfectly through a group coming together, uh, learning a skill, then teaching the skill to others, mentoring, you're mentoring, and they're getting to mentor. And it, they're, they're amazing women because they have, they have life. Life is in what they're sharing about and how they do it. And um, that was really important to us. And you started at the very beginning and I love the word grassroots. And I think, you know, it grows with a foundation and, you know, that's so important. And so, um, in that way, you, you became a very clear trajectory to be able to fulfill everything in the grants uh, wishes that we that we be, were able to give to you this grant that you fall right into the perfect place to help teach us how we can 
teach others too. And, and Catherine always says, invest in her in, in from her podcast, which is separate from She Angels Foundation, that just investing in your time, your energy, you know, we're, we're gathering as a foundation, we help with the resources to help you with what you can invest, moving it forward and it's paying it forward. And it's, it's just a full circle of how we can make the world a better place. And, but we start with the foundation of um, grassroots, one at a time, one idea at a time. And you, you, you inspire me and Catherine, I think we, we do. We, well, I want to, oh, yeah. can I say one thing real fast? Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, is, and this is real honest talk is like, I've made a commitment to employ um, two people full-time and, and a third person part-time. And, you know, that's a, that's a big financial commitment. And so I encourage everybody who hears us to buy a bowl because like, you know, that is our business model. Like we are writing grants, but, um, you know, we're trying to function. We do have nonprofit status. Um, and so there is no like profit beyond, but we're, you know, we're really, um, you know, we're really building our capacity. That's why the kiln you're donating is so important because, you know, we, so we can really produce the bowls and, and, and everyone who buys a bowl gets to participate too, which I think is, an, it, it just, it really did come together in a really beautiful way where, because my, you know, my, um, one of my foundational principles is is in abundance, you know what I mean, instead of like scarcity uh, mindset. And to me, like, you know, the more we share what, what the resources we have, the more resources there are in a weird way. And yeah. so I feel like um, I really, you know, see this growing, but it's, it's, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna, I like the idea that it's gonna take a lot of people making a very small investment, as you said, invest in her, a small investment in buying a bowl or a set of bowls. Like, you know, from our very first email, a local uh, really great, fantastic artist, um, well, I won't say, but anyway, we got some really good orders at the beginning of just launching the business and, and that was exciting. That's great. We're definitely gonna go on peoplespotteryproject.com and order some uh, some gifts for the holidays and upcoming birthdays and whatnot. Uh, couldn't be going to a better cause. I know formerly incarcerated women, you have explained to us and want to explain to others that, you know, they feel invisible. It's really hard for them to get back on their feet. And so it's wonderful programs like this that give them an opportunity. And it just goes to show no matter what profession you're in, an artist or whatever, that you can find ways to help other people in this capacity. And I agree with exactly with what you just said. Really, the more you utilize what you have to help others, the more you have. Yes. Uh, you know, so it, it is the way that the universe works, isn't it? Yeah, my experience. And and for the bowls, as far as, you know, the, the, the side of COVID, we're always looking to where we can now see where, where does it help. We're at home, we're eating a lot. Those bowls are perfect for yogurt and granola. They're perfect for pasta. They're perfect. I love them. They're the perfect size bowl. Uh, I hope Catherine will be able to put one up on the visual of this podcast, but they're really, the, they're not too big. They're not too little. They're pretty, they're artsy. And it makes, I, I, I'm a visual person that likes to enjoy seeing the, um, the bowl as I eat. I, it's just that 
brings yeah. joy and we need joy at this time. More of it is sure. always good. Sure. <laughs> you can go to peoplespotteryproject.com and see the bowls and buy the bowls, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're actually really affordable for. And it's a tax donation. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I definitely am leaning into sort of like that everyone can benefit from, from this situation. It doesn't have to be hardship. You know, you can support us and also have this beautiful work of art, basically. Yeah. It's brilliant. I said it before and I'll say it again. I was just on a, a call to London and I know that they use that word brilliant all the time. And I love it because it's brilliant. Well, I just want to wrap up by saying that, you know, investing in women helps make the world a better place. So we ask you please to invest in her. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Kat, for being on this week. Please uh, follow uh, People's Pottery Project on social media and go to their website and follow us at She Angels. Make it a great week. Thanks, ladies. Music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.